0: As we continue our summer series through the Lord's Prayer, I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. As we read again these familiar words from the Lord's Prayer, and as we focus on just one line or phrase at a time. We pay such close attention to this text because this is the words that Jesus gave us to pray when his disciples wanted to know how to pray. And so we pay close attention to how we are taught to pray, not only for how we bring our petitions before God, but also what does it teach us? What are we meant to remind ourselves, even as we say these words over and over again? This morning as I was holding Ada, she grabbed my name tag because, well, that looked like something really appealing. She grabbed it and peeled it off quick. And so I'm Stephen, by the way, but I don't have a name tag anymore. Because Ada took it away. But it's a reminder, too, that our name is part of our identity. And it's in these words of the Lord's Prayer that we pray, that hallowed be the name of God and God alone. And as we pray this prayer, as we remind ourselves of how God taught us to pray and how we pray and what we believe are closely linked to one another, we remember that God has given us an identity as his children And so we pray to God, our Father, whose name is holy, who has a will and desire for how this world should be, who has a plan for a kingdom that can be on this earth, that his will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray all of these things, and we let this prayer shape the identity that God has given to us, each one as one of his children. So before we turn our attention to God's word, let's pray together. God, as we hear these words yet again, send your Holy Spirit upon us that they may be fresh unto us, that you may peel back the layers of our identity that we strive to have for ourselves, and that we may simply accept that we are children, dependent upon you for our daily bread. Holy Spirit, come and illumine these words to us that we may hear them fresh, and that you, Jesus, may speak to each one of our hearts, that we may know how to pray, that we may know what to believe, and that we may know whose we are. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to play a little game with you this morning. It's not meant to be a a tricky game or any way that I'm trying to fool anyone, but I am curious for your answers. This morning we focus on that one line of the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day our daily bread. And as we've said multiple times throughout the series, when, when the audience that heard Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount teach his disciples to pray this way the first time, There was all kinds of different stories from the Old Testament that were connected to what Jesus was teaching. And there were ways, if the disciples were paying attention, that they would see this prayer lived out in Jesus' life over time. So if we put on a little bit of the lens of how the first hearers of this prayer would have heard it, many uh, Jews with a background in the Old Testament, It's worth us wondering, when we think of that line, give us this day our daily bread, what connection to bread do we have? What stories in Scripture do we know where bread is present? So I'm in all sincerity just asking, what's a story in Scripture that you can think of where bread is a part of it? Feeding the 5,000 with two loaves. The Last Supper, there was bread. We celebrated communion last week. There was bread at the Last Supper. Others. In the desert, God fed the people with manna day by day. One day at a time, bread fell from heaven, and manna was provided to feed the people, even in the desert. What about any others? David's men eating the, the the consecrated bread, right? And yet he ate that bread so that they might feed themselves, and nourish their bodies. What's that? Elijah was cared for by God and given bread by a raven. It's all. What's that? The widow, of Elijah, making bread every day. There's so many different stories of bread. For feeding of the 5,000, to the manna, uh, to the Last Supper, all of these special elements where bread was present. Bread is something like water that we find over and over again in Scripture. If you think of any others, just shout them out while I make my way back up here. The word bread is found 271 times in Scripture. You can use a a concordance or wonderful little resources, especially if you're coming up with trivia questions, but uh, the concordance will tell you that bread, just the word bread, comes up 271 times throughout scripture, which as someone who loves bread, I find very comforting because I almost get the sense that God really likes bread too because bread is a daily sustenance. And God cares about us in such a way as to provide for our daily needs. So whether it's the Hebrew word lechem for bread or the Greek word artos for bread, which I think we should all just agree that the Greek word sounds a lot prettier, this word bread is repeated over and over again. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, Beth lechem. Bread comes up time and time again. And the stories of the Old Testament, the widow who is making bread, the story of the manna, the story of Elijah being cared for, all of these would come to mind when Jesus would teach the people to pray, give us this day our daily bread. God seems to care about bread, but it's because God cares an awful lot about us and gives us what we need And it's a peculiar thing that when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he just tells them to pray for their daily bread. Gregory of Nyssa, one of the church fathers, speaks very plainly in saying that of all the things that we could ask for, it is not the silk robes or the marble statues of ourselves, nor monuments, nor great wealth that we are called to pray for, but simply for our daily bread all the needs of the world, all the great stuff that we could have, all the beautiful things, all the luxuries that we could have. But in prayer, we are taught simply to ask for our daily bread. In the message, Eugene Peterson translates this part of the Lord's Prayer, keep us satisfied with three square meals a day. No flourishes, no extras, no abundance, just what we need day by day. This is faithfulness of God being put on display because faithfulness is a reminder of God's true care for us. In Psalm 139, great length goes to describing that God's works are wonderful and we know that full well for he has knit us together in our mother's womb and we pray, God, praise God for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. For the one who created us, knows all of our needs. And God, in his faithfulness, makes sure that our needs are met. He knows our needs and provides for our needs. And so give us this day our daily bread is a petition before God, asking God to continue to sustain us, to give us our daily bread, because without you, we would perish. So please give us what we need So it is a petition, but it's also a teaching tool, a reminder to say over and over again, give us this day our daily bread, to be mindful probably of the abundance of bread that we have. It is a reminder for us to remember that God will provide us with what we need. And perhaps the best way to see God's faithfulness, as we maybe have anxiety about the future, is to look back over God's faithfulness in the past. As we look towards the past, as the Israelites would look over their history and the stories that they passed on, God provided for people's needs, even the multitudes in the desert. And so then we look to the future with trust and assurance that God will provide the daily bread for which is requested. In manna, in Exodus chapter 16, when the manna was provided for the people in the wilderness, how much were they allowed to gather per day? Gavin. Only what they needed. Only what they needed just one day at a time. Because, and if they, if they tried to gather a whole, whole bunch, if they tried to hoard it all together, then it would rot. It would spoil. In the desert, the people were taught that it was only their daily bread that they were to gather one day's worth of manna at a time. Now, the exception was the Sabbath, that they could provide two days' worth so that they wouldn't have to collect on the Sabbath day. But one day at a time, our daily bread was given. Day-by-day sustenance. Because if we have too much, if we get too abundant, we would no longer think that we needed God to provide us for because we've hoarded all of this manna. We would find ourselves to be self-sufficient, that we didn't need the gift anymore, which is why the rule was given... Only take what you need for that day. And that pattern would be learned and lived that God will provide faithfully every single day. In a culture where we pride ourselves on self-sufficiency, and this is the type of cultural difference that Todd was talking about this morning as well, poverty culture versus culture of abundance, we pride ourselves on self-sufficiency and having plenty and enough. And maybe as a corrective measure for what could turn into idolatry and love of things, Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread. Our simple needs provided for one day at a time. And Jesus lived this way. One of the stories of bread from Mark chapter 6 verses 34 through 42, when Jesus fed the 5,000 This is right after John the Baptist was beheaded and the people were scattered and and there was fear among them of following any type of religious teacher, including Jesus. Because if John could be beheaded by Herod, who knows what might happen to Jesus. But when Jesus, who is seeking to take rest in Mark chapter 6, saw the large crowd, verse 34 tells us he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. Jesus had compassion on the crowd. I love that line. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And the good shepherd called them together. And he taught them many things. He cared for them. He cared for them enough to teach them about the kingdom of God. But then he also cared for them by providing for their physical needs. By the time it was late in the day, Jesus' disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And we would think that seems very fair and good. They've probably taken a day off of work to come listen to Jesus. They should go buy some food. But Jesus answered, you, you give them something to eat. And, of course, the disciples protest. That would be far too expensive. It would be half a year's wages. Why would we have to spend our money on these people? We can't afford that much bread. But Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? Now, I wonder if in that moment when Jesus just asked, how many loaves do you have, if they were opening their mouths to protest, as if to say, we don't have enough, or Not enough to feed these people. Or, but why does that even matter? And it's so abrupt. How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. Like a parent basically saying, Because I said so. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. No argument. No back talk. And when they found out, they had five loaves and two fish. And the story continues that everyone ate and was satisfied. Jesus, the good shepherd who cares about his sheep, cared about them enough to teach them and cared about them enough to feed them because the physical needs and the spiritual needs are not divorced from one another. Jesus gave these people a great opportunity of hearing him preach and teach to them. But it didn't end there. He didn't say, all right, you've gotten all you need. Now go home. Go take care of yourselves. Jesus fed them. He cared for their physical needs even in a remote place, just as God cared for God's people in the desert, caring for them in a remote place with manna and quail. The good shepherd cares for his people, for all of their needs. He taught them, he had fellowship with them, and he fed them. He calmed their fears after John the Baptist was beheaded, and he also gave them something to eat. Jesus follows this pattern of feeding people and caring for people, providing for physical and spiritual needs on a one-to-one basis. In Luke chapter 24, after another period of distress, the disciples are on the road to Emmaus. And it was on the road to Emmaus that Jesus was, he appeared to them, but he didn't reveal who he was. And he taught them and he opened the scriptures to them in Luke 24. But as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on it as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. It's almost like they learned from Jesus to not send people away at the end of the day, but to continue to care for their needs. And so Jesus stayed with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, And began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They were walking with Jesus. They were talking with Jesus. Jesus was teaching them as he had done countless times before. But the moment of revelation, the epiphany... On the Emmaus Road was when Jesus broke bread in their presence. And then they reminded themselves, God reminded them, who it was that they were with. God reveals himself to us in the breaking of the bread. It's one of the things that we celebrate when we gather together in communion, remembrance and communion and hope, that God makes God's self known to us in the breaking of the bread. If God makes himself known to us in the breaking of the bread, how do we make God known to people around us? Is it not also in the breaking of the bread, in the sharing of food around tables? When do you get to know someone best if not over a meal? Jesus made himself known to the disciples in the breaking of the bread. Will Willimon and Stanley Hauerwas said it like this in description of how Jesus reveals himself to the people. When we want to meet God, we Christians do not go up on some high mountain, do not rummage around in our psyches, do not hold hands, close our eyes, and sing kumbaya in the hopes of revelation. Rather, we gather and break bread in Jesus' name. That's where he has chosen to meet us. That's why our eyes are opened and we recognize him. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, not just as a survival strategy, no. Because no matter how much bread we get, we shall not survive. But in praying for our daily bread, we are praying for the daily presence of God among us. Daily bread implies that the Lord's prayer is to be prayed every day. And some of us do that in, in literal form, using these words. But also, how many of you, while growing up, prayed before every meal? Why would we pray right around meal times, if not to remind ourselves that even though it was money that we earned, that we used to buy the food that we cooked ourselves, but in that moment before a meal to give thanks to God for the food that we have, our daily bread. And sometimes it's prime rib, and sometimes it's mac and cheese. But in both cases, it is our daily bread. And we give thanks to God that he sustains us daily in physical ways. But the physical and the spiritual needs, God knows them both and does not draw them apart and only takes care of one or the other, but both. Our physical and spiritual needs are combined in God's eyes. That we pray for daily bread in a very physical literal sense, even in the words of the one who also said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus said these words in John chapter 6, reminding the people who he was. And the questions of what signs will you give us? And and well, Moses gave manna as the sign. Jesus reminds the people that he is the bread of life and that whoever comes to him will never go hungry. Whoever believes in him will never be thirsty. They will be satisfied. The physical and the spiritual needs go together. Now this all begs the question of us. What about those who do not have daily bread? What about those who do not have enough? How do we answer that? What's our obligation? Do we have a responsibility when it comes to those in our own community who don't have daily bread? As Todd reminded us, ask the mission. How how do we truly help? There are those around us who do not have daily bread. I think about our continuing relationship with North Holland Elementary where we care about physical and spiritual needs. Enough to do kids' hope, enough to send mentors, enough that we find it a priority to have a presence across the street in the public school. The mentoring is one way we care, for I think, for people's spiritual needs. I've experienced that with kids' hope. But we also care for their physical needs, do we not? We continue hand-to-hand. We give food to those who do not have daily bread. Maybe part of us says, well, they'll find it somewhere else right but if we're given the opportunity to be an answer to someone's prayer on where the daily bread comes from and Vicky and Jennifer have stories about this why not be the blessing that can answer someone's prayer and when we pray those words of the lord's prayer thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven it transforms us not just from thinking about there's a pie in the sky when we die mentality It's not just the other, it is here and now, on earth as it is in heaven, that God's will is that we have our daily bread. So as a church, we're called. We're called to care for the physical needs and the spiritual needs. We think about this coming week. Last last month, we had to go out and buy more food for all the people that were here. And what a blessing that we could go and do that without any concern about cost. We could go and buy more food and make more food. The only real issue is a little bit of time waiting in line. No big deal. That's time to fellowship with one another. But think about who was here last month. There were those who simply came because it was something fun to do. The Critter Barm is a big hit, certainly. And we get to fellowship with folks, even folks who are established in other churches. That's fine because we're all in the same team. We're all working for the same kingdom so we can spend time with our brothers and sisters from other churches who simply came because we had the critter barn, and that was fun. But there were also those who were here who came because there was food, because there was a sign on the road that said free supper and community event. There were those who came because of hand-to-hand and stayed for the meal. There were those who had physical needs Who came here for that purpose. And our call is to take care of those needs, but also the spiritual needs. Conversations that were had last month ranged from, We just moved here and we're looking for a church, to, I'm not sure if there is a God or if there's just a lot of empty space. I had that conversation over in the shade of that big cottonwood tree. Some people were looking for physical needs. And others are searching for spiritual needs. As the church, we provide the daily bread as given to us freely by God, so freely we offer it to others. Whether it be the conversation that someone has to have, wondering if Jesus really is the bread of life, or whether it's someone who's just wondering where that next meal might come from and thank God that it came here today. The physical and the spiritual are combined in the witness, and in the mission of the church. Give us today our daily bread. My friends, let us also freely give the bread to those in our community, physical, spiritual, whatever the need may be. God will make himself known in the breaking of the bread, in the fellowship around tables. So let's give it. Let's pray.